0: This is Glenn Hauser with World of Radio 2221. World of Radio is a listener supported public service program about communications around the world. Above all, the dynamic medium of international shortwave between the AM and FM bands. On this edition, recorded December 14th, Antarctica, Ascension, Cuba, Europe, Germany, India, Korea North, Mongolia, Romania, Solomon Islands, Sweden, Tibet, Turkey, USA. Also publications, RIP David Zanto, holiday programming, Whisper, Smart Meters, and the Propagation Outlook. Standard Disclaimer. Monitoring of LRA 36, Antarctica. 15.475.98, reduced carrier USB. It may be on the air various weekdays, but I was definitely hearing it on Friday, December 8th at 18.05 via remote in Argentina, for at least an hour. A very long broadcast occurred on Saturday, December 9th from before 18 UT, until it finally went off at 03.52 UT Sunday, December 10th. That's well after local midnight. Most of my monitoring via Argentine remotes of necessity, although I did have a trace of a signal sometime in the middle. That was at midnight 39. Others were more successful in hearing it directly into North America. Eric fetterz near Seattle, Washington, was getting it at 2215 UT. Walt Somenev in British Columbia at midnight 45. Doug White in Carborough, North Carolina, says... Reasonable copy of LRA-36 at 110 UT around S7. When this happens, people keep wondering if their new transmitter is already in use. But Claudio LU7DW replies, LRA-36 are still using the old transmitter. In a few weeks, the icebreaker with new supplies and people for the Antarctic bases is leaving port, and we will have confirmation if the new 10-kilowatt transmitter is on board. The old 10-kilowatt was sent to the Argentine mainland for repairs last March. Something's awry at Ascension. John Filiotzi in Florida reports on December 10th. Is it just me, or is Ascension broadcasting simultaneously English and French commentaries on 21630 from 17UT? Never mind that Radio Marti is never on 25 meters at night. That doesn't keep Cuba from jamming the daytime frequencies just in case. Such as 11930, December 7th at 0736. Pulse jamming against nothing. However, for the first time, I've noticed some spurs from the jammers. Plus or minus 7 kilohertz, about, 11.923 and 11.937. Why not? Just like broadcasts can spurify, jamming can too. Jamming without spurs is also running on 11.860, 95.65, 59.80, and 5.800, all against nothing. Here's a notice from FRS, Free Radio Service, Holland, although possibly transmitting from elsewhere in E for Europe. Sunday, December 17th. The spirit of December and free radio radiated across Europe and the rest of the world. Another December broadcast filled with music, memories, letters, and more. Starting at 0852 UT Sharp. Closing down just after 14 UT. There will be an extra long version of FRS Go's DXmas, uh, along with other shows hosted by their dedicated team. Frequencies. 6185. 7700. Parallel 9335 or somewhere between 9300 and 9345. They also have a streaming schedule between 17 and 2130 UT on December 18th, 20th, and 22nd at frsonline.ddns.net. An annual Christmas Eve tradition from Norddeutsche Rundfunk is Greetings on Board, translated here, but of course originally in German a three-hour broadcast for mariners at sea with all these frequencies scheduled. Between 18 and 21 UT, 15770 via WRMI to the Atlantic, 13725 via Germany to the Atlantic, 6030 via France for the North Atlantic, 9635 for the Indian Ocean via Germany, 11650 for the Atlantic and Indian Ocean and South Africa via France. And finally, 60804 Europe via Tashkent, Uzbekistan. Here's a discussion of All India Radio, or is it Akashvani? David Kernick of Interval Signals Online says, I've been using web SDRs to listen to Indian provincial medium-wave stations, and have noticed an anomaly. The three Tamil Nadu stations I've heard, Chennai, Quimbatori, and Tirum ignore the Akashvani rebrand and consistently identify on-air as All India Radio at least in broadcasting in Tamil, which is the only language I've observed. Is there something funny about the A word when translated into Tamil? Or have they simply missed the memo? Andy Robbins in Kalamazoo replies, I've read those stations in states where non-Indo-European languages like Tamil are predominant, strongly disagreed with the decision to adopt Akashvani as the nationwide ID. Akashvani is a Hindi word usually translated into English as voice from the sky. Hindi is an Indo European language. All India Radio identified in Hindi as Akashvani, dating back to the nineteen thirties. The recent change was to impose this on other language services, hence the pushback. This is all tangled up in the politics of the current government in New Delhi. GRX Jose Ronaldo Xavier in Brazil agrees. I've been logging using Akashvani Hyphen All India Radio. The station IDs never say Akashvani, but the traditional and correct All India Radio. David Kernick replies, I wonder if this impacts the external services at all. WRTH says external service broadcasts in Indian national languages are produced by Akashvani regional stations. So it may. And Dr. Biner says, We should not forget that the formation of India and Pakistan was not peaceful. Many areas and principalities were forced to become part of the Union, and Hindi, like Urdu, was forced on many areas. This explains the resistance of southern states against the current northern Hindutva policy. Many southern stations ended their broadcast day after the English news, ignoring the following Hindi newscast. So AIR changed the timing and put the Hindi news before the English news. Some monitoring by Wolfgang Dussel, December 12th. AIR's Chinese service at 2345 to 0115 to 15280 is jammed by China as is the Tibetan service at 0100-0230, actually on 11569.774. Eric fedders says, fall and winter mornings usually bring in plenty of Asian stations where I live near Seattle. Sometimes I'll turn on KCBS Pyongyang from Kanye, North Korea, or Voice of Korea to hear their music, even if it's often overmodulated. But in recent days I have not heard KCBS on 11680 or 9665. Due to poor conditions but I don't even see a carrier on the frequencies, checking remotes in Eastern Asia. Wolfgang Buschel agrees as of December 9th. The Kanye site has been off the air in recent days. Perhaps deep cold winter main power shortage in North Korea. Also around 11 to 12 UT today, nothing heard from 9665 or 11680, but Voice of Korea full power on the air via their other site, Kujang. Using a remote in Japan, Wolfgang Buschel reports, A strong empty carrier on 12084.877, Sunday, December 10th, at 0110 UT. Now that's a frequency likely to be Voice of Mongolia, but not scheduled at that hour. He suggests maybe there is a transmitter test underway, tuning up for broadcast later in the day. He then reports it both December 11th and 12th, around 0100, close down at 0130 UT. If not Mongolia, might it be some other site known to be off-frequency like this to the low side, such as Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in a Kazakh or Mongolian service. And on December 13th, it appeared to be in a Turkic language. Anyhow, Mongolia does have an English broadcast at 09-930, nine thirty, one hundred twelve zero eight four point eight eight, as reported by Rob Wagner in Victoria, Nassau, sheet, November 27th and 29th. The best I've heard it in a long time, he says. Radio Romania International has been sending out blank eQSLs. I got one, and so did Paul Flanagan in the British DX Club. He says I asked them why, and this was their reply. This year we were unable to print QSLs and send them the traditional way, with details of reception, time, frequency, etc. We are unable to fill in these details in the current digital format, as this would take a long process of converting, editing, And resaving for each QSL sent by each listener. This is why we're sending blanks, so you can keep them either as collector's items or fill the details yourselves. Hopefully, our budget for 2024 will allow us to revert to our normal QSL routine. As regards, the English service, RRI. I reply, understandable, and at least they still desire listener contact, but further degrades the concept that a QSL should be absolute, legally binding proof of reception issued by the transmitter, rather than do-it-yourself. Ken in Michigan replies, They aren't proof, legally binding or otherwise, of anything, no matter how they are issued. But I take your point. This does seem a bit cheap. QSLs are neat curios and maybe even useful in that they give people an excuse to write to stations and let them know they have an audience in a media that doesn't have metrics built in. Although there is an argument that QSL hounds don't actually listen, and stations don't really care. But I digress. As Harold Froge is often wont to say, paper QSOs are definite proof that letters were sent. These days, where automated systems are at play. It isn't necessarily even that. I've got one QSO from a pirate that shall remain publicly unnamed that says, your radio received, and if you were in the room, you would have heard. Upon Asilomar State Beach, California, Ron Howard reports, on SIBC Solomon Islands, five zero two zero. On December eighth at o seven fifty seven to o eight forty one, Cuba on five zero two five has been totally silent, on both December seventh and eighth. It's been a very long time since I have heard decent modulation from SIBC like today. Mostly seem to be in French, some English segments. o eight o two, calliope music and news in English, almost readable. At eight twenty seven, a pop song by Bob Cedar, and the silver bullet band against the wind. Sweden, this info via Mike Terry. SAQ on Christmas Eve, Sunday, December 24th, in Grimaton is scheduled to be on the air, sending out traditional Christmas message to the whole world using the 200 kilowatt Alexanderson alternator from 1924 on 17.2 kilohertz CW. All the details at their website alexander.n.se. Slant, E N, slant. The schedule is at 07 UT. The transmitter hall is open for visitors at 7:25. A live stream on YouTube begins at 7:30. start-up and tuning of the Alexanderson alternator SAQ, and at 08 UT transmission of that message from SAQ. But they are planning to carry out some test transmissions the previous Friday, 22 December, around 12 to 15 UT. For guaranteed USL, use their online report form. I remark, SAQ is somewhat easier to pick up on the live YouTube webcasts or later on demand. Furthermore, their ham radio station will also be active, SK6SAQ, on these matching frequencies, CW, 3517.2, 7017.2, and 14017.2 kHz, and LSB on 3755 and 7140. Here's a station often using deliberately odd frequencies reported by Wolfgang Büschel using the remote in Qatar, December 10th at 2353. It's Voice of Tibet, target radio originating in Norway via Tajikistan, 7503, replacing 7493. And watch out for Chai jammers, which I think are always on regular frequencies ending in 5 or 0. My almost daily monitoring of Voice of Turkey, 5960.005. English to North America at 23 UT finds that they have been on the air most of the time. However, another anomaly, December 13th, did not go off the air before midnight UT, but restarted the interval signal with German IDs, and then the full hour in German, which kept going until it ended at midnight 58, as if that were intentional. If they stayed on a bit longer, there would have been an unscheduled broadcast in Portuguese, which has happened before. That language not supposed to be on shortwave at all. Via Internet, International Vacuum, AM, FM, and shortwave, World of Radio 2221. A non-commercial service, as is our website, worldofradio.com, for which financial support is very much appreciated. It may be sent, not necessarily in U.S. funds, via PayPal, to W-O-R-A-D-I-O, at yahoo.com, or by money order or check on a U.S. bank to Glenn Hauser, P.O. Box 1684, E-N-I-D, OK, 73702, USA. A A press release from Don Moore in Pennsylvania. Tales of a Vagabond DXer by Don Moore is a new book focusing on Latin American radio and DXing. In this 300-page volume, Don blends together stories from his radio station visits, his travels, and experiences as a DXer. Don has been an active member of the DX listening hobby for over five decades. His interest in Latin American radio inspired him to serve in the Peace Corps in Honduras in the early 1980s. Since then, he's traveled extensively in Latin America and visited more than 150 radio stations in the region. He's written dozens of articles on Latin American DXing, for radio hobby publications, including Monitoring Times, the NASA Journal, Review of International Broadcasting, and Passport to World Band Radio. Today Don is a regular contributor to the SWL blog. Tales of a Vagabond DXer is available from Amazon.com, in trade-sized paperback or Kindle eBook, or for equivalent prices in local currencies on non-U.S. Amazon stores. For links, just go to wwwdonmoredxer one word dot com. At the blog of swelling.com, Thomas Witherspoon writes, I've just learned from our friends Dan Robinson and Dean Bianco that Dave Zanto, N9EWO, has died from injuries sustained in a car pedestrian accident. From his obituary on Legacy.com, David William Zanto, 66 of Janesville, Wisconsin, passed away on December 6th at Select Specialty Hospital, Madison, the result of injuries suffered in an auto-pedestrian accident. He was born in Janesville on November 8, 1957. He was employed at Radio Shack until it closed, an avid ham radio operator remembered for being very talented at electronic and computer repair. No services will be held. Entombment will be in Milton Lawns Memorial Park. If you've been a shortwave radio listener for long, you've no doubt read Dave's articles and reviews on his website, Dave's Radio Receiver page. On the pages of Passport to World Band Radio. Those of us who knew Dave well are still trying to process his sudden death. Many of us had only recently been in touch with him. From all the Estill Post community, we send our love and blessings to Dave's family and close friends. We will look into archiving his website. This was followed by many replies in tribute to Dave Zanto. For example, this one from Chuck Rippo. This has shocked us all. Dave was one of my first contacts. When I became a ham in 1992, and we have been good friends ever since. I live in Janesville, and we communicated frequently on a simplex frequency we've used for over 30 years. The silence on it now is a somber reminder to me of his absence. We traded equipment many times, and often worked on projects together, and talked each other through things on the radio throughout all these years. I was a frequent visitor to Radio Shack during his time there, and enjoyed his insight he would have on everything. He had true dedication to the integrity and quality of anything he ever worked on, reviewed, or assisted with. He was always there to help ponder a question, do research, and give guidance on whatever you would throw at him. I just had a radio conversation with him as I was driving around Janesville, less than an hour before this happened. I'm still trying to process this loss of a wonderful friend, says Chuck Ripple. JRX in Brazil notes some technical problems with the Greenville transmitter site, UT December 12th. Vaticana Relay on 7305, and KBS in Spanish on 11880, both at 01UT, with many interruptions during the programming from both stations in their Spanish services. About World of Radio Monitoring on WRMI, on December 12th I noticed that another broadcast had been cancelled without notice. It had been UT Tuesday at 0130 on 9395. Still on the schedule is a broadcast. Thursday at 1500 on 9955. But we've reconfirmed. Something else is on then. However, World of Radio has been appearing at the unscheduled time 24 hours earlier. Wednesday at 1500 on 9955. Listening to WBCQ 7490. Friday, December 8th at 2312. It was a music show. A novelty song about bumblebees and some whistling. Which means it was... Harmony Barn Sessions, during this available time slot, so who knows whether it will continue then. It had been on the schedule only at 19.30 to 20 UT Saturday on 74.90. Normally starting Sunday, December 10th at 2300 on WBCQ, the plain old Doug show must have started late because it did not end until midnight 5 UT Monday, followed immediately by the show with Harry Scherer from the beginning. Uncle Bill Twelford explains, The plain old Doug show has been filling in for Jinga Brazil, which will return January 14th on the second and fourth weeks of the month. P.O.D.S. will be doing Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve U.S. time, as well, that is, Sundays into UT Mondays. However, January starts a weekly plain old Doug show, Mondays at 02 to 02.30 UT on 74.90. Bill says, my Uncle Bill's melting pot this weekend, that is, Sunday the 17th at 23.00 will be vintage Brazilian funk plus Greek Leica cinematic music hits. Looking at the program schedule on the winb.com website, I see that after the overcomer until 0658 UT, they say DRM begins. We thought that DRM had been dropped months ago. No further details or frequencies there, but I see an HFCC is still registered with DRM, between 07 and 17 UT on a rather convoluted schedule on five different frequencies, 7330, then 13655, 5, then 9265, 15125, and 15725. Is anyone hearing these? INB never disclosed the purpose or who was sponsoring their DIM broadcasts, which were hybrid, half-programming and half-encrypted digitalism. Never knows quite what to expect from WRNO New Orleans 7505. If it's on the air after 04 UT, on December 13th at 04:51, I had dead air and then some just barely modulated music. By recheck at 0746, it was stronger, 25 over 9 of dead air only. Something's messed up at Metairie. News from John Jurasek of u r w Radio International, as in Voice of the Report of the Week. An update: a new high power broadcast for listeners in Africa, Europe, and beyond from Monday, 11 December, and every Monday across Africa, Europe, and beyond, via Isudun, France, one hour in length, from 19UT, a light entertainment program. Good music and occasional news commentary. Listener music requests are taken and played, and all are invited to participate. That's 19-20UT to 20 UT on 11920, 100 kilowatts, from Isidon, France. And he's resuming QSL verification of reception reports with the new QSL every month. Contact v o r w info at gmail.com. If it's really only 100 kilowatts, there are rumors that it might be the transmitter moved in from Pori, Finland, says Kai Lufish. And 25 meters at 19 in winter nights will hardly work in large parts of Europe, he says. Gavin Waters in Victoria, Australia says reception improved after 1940. John says this will last at least until mid-February, but if necessary, he could move to a lower frequency or increase power. Of course, VORW already has several broadcasts on WRMI and WWCR. In NRCDX News, Ken McCard recommends another book, Air Castle of the South, WSM and the Making of Music, by Craig Havighurst, published by the University of Illinois Press. Probably the most complete history of one radio station I have ever read, 276 pages. It's a fascinating book covering not only WSM, but the related rise of country music the Grand Ol' Opry program, the development of the upperland amusement park, and of Nashville as an important Southern city. On six sixty kilohertz, December eleventh at o five twenty-six, UT, I was hearing Navajo chanting, but it segued to country song in English, a culture clash. It must have been KTNN on the Arizona-New Mexico border, dominating the channel, and probably on fifty kilowatt non-directional day pattern, not protecting New York City. NIRC-ADX Monitor, Bob Ween, in Aurora, Colorado, reports as of November 29th that its local KMXA 1090 had been running non-stop tones at least at night, like December 10th at 1230 UT, and still on December 11th. Day power is 50 kilowatts, but night power 500 watts. A station near me on 1130, KLEY, Wellington, Kansas, although licensed for one watt at night, Is always heard, with a good signal, must be running the day power of 250 watts. On December 14th at 07.44, I heard them with a new slogan, Super Hits 11.30 AM and 104.1 FM. The latter, of course, nothing but a translator. In addition to his Music on Shortwave schedules, Alan Rowe has now put out a Holiday Programs on Shortwave, covering the period Saturday 16 December to Monday 1 January, to be updated as needed. Include seasonal and non-seasonal programming. Unfortunately, the URL is far too complex to convey verbally. But readers of the World of Radio Group and others will find a link to it. There's been a discussion at dxing.info about WSPR, WHISPER. It's an acronym for Weak Signal Propagation Reporter. Chris Cadillac complains that these hog many of the channels available on remote receivers, SDRs. What exactly is the purpose of WHISPER? You see, Chris Cadillac needs to use a lot of these to complete his project of a Chinese AMID database. After two and a half years of work, Don Moman V6JY, replies on the World of Radio Group. The Autorun WSPR can be made preemptible. So, if, taking my three public Kiwis as an example, all are eight-channel ones, the first two channels always get the full spectrum and are never used by any of my Autorun digital modes. The other six channels are all preemptible, so the third user on my system will take over one of the digital channels and the fourth etc. When that person leaves, the digital mode will return. That makes for maximum use of the system's resources and doesn't affect the user at all. However, not all Kiwi owners are aware of this option, so some have not implemented the preemptible part. Gary Pence forwarded all this to Rob Robinette, who replied, My reward for volunteering at KFS is that it supports my NASA, NSF, ARDN-funded scientific investigations using whisper reports to document the interaction between solar weather and the Earth's ionosphere. That requires 24-7, 365 monitoring of all the whisper bands, which is why the Kiwis are occupied all the time. My group has almost finished a year of work on using the RX-888 Mark II SDR in our investigations as a successor to the Kiwi, and I plan to soon move all the ksf Whisper Demon channels off the Kiwis and on to the RX-888s. In NRCDX News, Bob Gale in New Jersey says, My local utility, Jersey Central Power & Light, is installing smart meters to replace the long-standing electric meters. I asked about possible RFI to radio receivers and got this response. The low-power design and intermediate frequencies of the smart meters being installed help reduce the probability of interference with other wireless devices. Based on standards and regulations from the FCC and the U.S. FDA, the likelihood of interference between the smart meter and other RF devices is extremely low. Electromagnetic shielding has been incorporated into the design of modern pacemakers to prevent RF signals from interfering with the electronic circuitry in the pacemaker. According to the manufacturer of our smart meters, the transmitting devices operate in compliance with 47 CFR Part 15 regulations which require coexistence with other Part 15 certified devices. Within the 902 to 928 MHz frequency band, operation is limited to frequency hopping, direct sequence spread spectrum, and digital modulation intentional radiators. This rule facilitates multiple devices operating in the same location. This includes devices such as security systems, cordless phones, and pacemakers. The meter's transmit signal is of very short duration which further decreases the potential to interfere with other devices, unquote. Just in from WRMI, a Christmas radio theater is coming. That reading of the classic story, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens in two parts in old-time radio style. Part one is Saturday, December 16th, at 13 UT on 15770, repeated UT Sunday at 0400 on 9395, and part two exactly one week later on December 23rd in the 24th. Reverend Martin Dawson of Prince Edward Island presents a Christmas Carol on WRMI. The propagation Outlook from SWPC, Germanic field reaching G1 minor storm levels with A peaking at 25 and 5 December 19th, 20 and 5 December 22nd, or flux rising from 118 December 13th to a peak of 155 December 27th. With many thanks to all our contributors and stations. Glenn Hauser concluding Road of Radio 2221 with a standard disclaimer.